Ask yourself this question. Why am I here? What is God's plan for me? What's my reason for living? Is it to be a football player or a janitor or a doctor or a missionary or a pastor? What is God's plan for my life? You and God, because God placed his place, his creation. For Genesis speaks of how God placed his creation in there and multiply, where they will not only survive, but also be fruitful and multiply. For when God created the birds, their environment was the sky. For when God created the fish, their environment was the and when God created man, hold on, give me a second. For when God created man, he placed man in the Garden of Eden. But not only was our environment the garden, but it was also being near to the person who gave us life, God. For Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. We were a dirt sculpture that was made into the image of God, brought to life with the breath of God. And do you think that this was the end of it? No. Because not only were we placed in the environment God attended and formed us by him, but we have purpose. For God created everything with a purpose. For nothing he created was purposeless. We were created on purpose for God's purpose. So to those that are maybe in here that needs to hear this, but not to just them, but to everyone, you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are a purposely made person with a purpose to fulfill God's purpose. Keep it simple enough. You were made on purpose with a calling to do his plan. Amen? You were made on purpose with a calling to do his plan. And by saying God's plan for you, I also mean God's calling for you, his assignment for you. The reason why you sit here today, which brings me to this statement, God's calling for you is the path and God's purpose is the goal. God's calling for you is a path that is heavenward, that is heavily directed. God's purpose, the goal is Jesus Christ. The path is heavenward. The goal is Jesus. For in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You're called heavenward. Here's a couple of things that Jesus has said we should do as we follow him, as we press on looking heavenward. For Jesus spoke to us, followers of Christ, that we need to spread the gospel to spread the word of God. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world, not some of the world, not parts of the world, but all the world, and preach the gospel to all creations. So not just to all the world, but to all creation. Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. It is our duties as believers to spread the gospel by us sharing the gospel. We are sharing his love and sharing the good news to others. 
It is our duties as believers to exalt the name of Jesus. By lifting his name higher, not only are we making it easier for people to see his love, but the higher we lift them, the lower our problems become. It is our duties as believers to follow the steps in the likeness of Jesus, just as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Be imitators of me, just as I also of Christ. So we can become a light to those in the darkness to lead them to the great light. The light of the world, Jesus Christ. John 8.12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And for us to be a light to those in the darkness, we must be seen like the great light. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And for us to be seen as the great light, we need help. Agree? We need help because we're not perfect. We are sinners at heart. We are vessels that need filling. We are lost sheep that need guidance. But thanks to Jesus being glorified on the cross, we have that help, the helper. And that help is the Holy Spirit. For John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I say to you. So not only do we need the Holy Spirit, uh, to help us spread the word of God, but we also need him in life in general. We need him when we are at work. We need him when we are at school. Man, we even need him when we're at the grocery store, all right? Choosing rather to get Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Reese's Puff. Knowing that, we don't need neither of those. Let me be real with y'all because, you know, go get some Cheerios. You know, they, they're good for your heart, good for your cholesterol. Y'all need, need all that sugar. And all my healthy people said, so all y'all healthy, all right? I guess, all right, all right now. All right, now, I guess all you have, y'all got that six-pack, y'all got that, y'all benching about 315. My, my healthy man's out there. Y'all can run a whole mile in one minute, I'm guessing. But all right, but getting back to being serious, we need the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit will help us, guide us to the assignment that we were destined for. For not, give me a sec, give me a sec. Be with your boy now, be with your boy, be with your boy. For the Holy Spirit will help us and guide us to the assignment that we were destined for, for the assignment, the purpose that we were made for. For we all have a calling, but not the same assignment. Now tell your neighbor, you're going to the right. Don't worry, I'll tell you again. Tell your neighbor that you're going to the right. Now tell your other neighbor that he's going to the left. All right, now tell each other that we all going up. Because the only one going down is the devil. Can I get a amen? I ain't going to lie. That's, hey, that's kind of dope. I ain't even the cat with you right there now. All right. <laughs> but in Romans 12, 4, for as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same functions. But guys, we all are on the same team, for we are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 13. The body has many parts, but the many parts makes up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, 
Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we all, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So we all have been saved by the same person, for Jesus died not for just your sins, your sins, your sins, not for just some sins, but for all sins. And we get more members of the body every time people give their life to Jesus. So guys, be obedient to the calling that God sets for you, that he destined for you. Don't let the calling of the occupation discourage you from the impact that you would do for the kingdom of heaven. If God calls you to be a mailman, be the holiest mailman in the world, because you might not just be delivering the package, but you might be delivering the gospel, the gift of salvation. If God calls you to be a janitor, be the holiest janitor in the world. Because by you living and spreading the word could affect the staff, and the staff could affect the students, and the students could affect the teachers, teachers affect the principals, the principal affect the city, and the city affect the states, and so on. No matter what your calling is, you will be preaching the word of God, rather that's with your words or your actions. You don't just spread the gospel with your words, but you spread the gospel with your actions. Serving is just as important as preaching because not only did Jesus came to earth to preach, but not to be served, but to serve. Matthew 28, Matthew 20, 28, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others, to give his life as a ransom for many. Spreading the gospel with your word is preaching, but spreading the gospel with your action is serving. Some of y'all might say, how does our action spread the gospel? Let's just say sometimes your actions speak louder than your words. When some Christians in the world that preach the word and don't live the word, that speak the truth and live a lie. Listen, I don't want you guys to just read the word, to speak the word, to use the word, but to live the word, to apply the word. For reading the Bible won't change your life. It's obeying God's word that will. For Jesus said in Matthew 7, 27, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the flood water rise and the wind beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain comes and the flood water comes and the wind beat against it, beat against the house, it, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So you can read the word, hear the word, all you want to, but if you don't apply it to your life, no matter what, if you don't apply it to your life, it means nothing. It means that you're just reading a book. So reply the word to your life. This passage, that passage that we were just reading, it reminds me of when Peter was walking on water and that Peter was standing on faith because he was standing on faith because he had his eyes on Jesus. He had his eyes on the word. But as you read the story, it's crazy how faith can turn into fear. 
when you lose sight of the word that you stand on because God's word is a firm foundation we stand on. But not having God's word is a foundation of sin, which then you will begin to sink into all your problems, all your worries, and all of the enemy schemes. This shows how important God's word is. Not only do we preach it, not only do we stand on it, not only do we defend ourselves from the enemy with it, for the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy But God's word comes to give, bring life, and build. For you to spread the word, to live the word, to use the word, you must know the word. Meaning, you must know Jesus, the word that became flesh. John 1, 14. So the word became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, the one and only Son. So for you to spread Jesus, to live like Jesus, to use the name of Jesus, you must know Jesus. How can you spread the word if you don't know the author? How can you live like him if you don't know who he is? How can you use his name if you don't know whose it belongs to? You must know Jesus. Jesus is the person who died For our sins on the cross, Jesus is the living water we drink. He is the bread of life we eat. He is the firm foundation we stand on. He is the sword we use against the enemy. He is the light that shines on our darkest hours. He is the way maker when there is no way. He was the fourth man in the fire when Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego refused to worship the false god. And if you don't know this story, then you need to go read your Bible because you're missing out. Be real with you on that one. But listen, guys, you may have a calling and you may have a plan, but without Jesus, you have nothing. For John 15, 4, 5, remain in me and I remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It says it right there. If you are apart from the vine, if you are apart from Jesus, not only don't you have nothing, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, who would have saved you? Who would have redeemed you? Who would have called you? by your name while the world calls you by your failures? Who will have carried your worries and burdens when you couldn't handle it no more and you just wanted to fall apart? Without Jesus, you are purposeless because you don't have a relationship with the one who gave you purpose in the first place. I'm going to say that one more time. Without Jesus, you are purposeless because you don't have a relationship with the one who gave you purpose in the first place. The one who breathes life into you, the one who knitted you in your mother's womb, the one who was proud of you before your mother even met you, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who split the seas to let Moses and the Israelite walk right through, the only one who was surrounded by these angels day and night singing, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. For the Lord we serve is holy and almighty. Amen. 
He's holy and mighty. He loves you. For God has a plan for you before you even thought of it. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We were God's masterpiece before we were even created. I believe as God was knitting you in your mother's room for those nine months, he was just acknowledging his work, his masterpiece. Also the work that you are destined to do for the kingdom. As he would just knitting you as she was in your mom's stomach, he just beautiful, wonderful, purposeful, creative. <laughs> he was just acknowledging his work. He was acknowledging the things that you were probably going to do. For have, for you have a plan. Yes, you have a plan. But how can you know the plan when you don't even know the planner? You just can't. You can't know the plan unless you know the planner. Listen, guys, if I can have you leave here tonight with anything that would be the name of Jesus. Because like I said, you will never know the plan if you don't know the planner. If you don't know Jesus, the one who gave you a plan, the one that gave you purpose. For I remember one night when Pastor Will was preaching, the question, the question he said was, are you willing to be forgotten? to make Jesus known. And, and your boy got a story time for that, all right? I don't know why all story times are missions trip, but uh, my story time, it's a mission trip. We was uh, on the way to Honduras. The first school we went to was a elementary school. And after we got done doing the dances, got done singing to them, having fun, um, they gave us an extra, extra little time to like just play with them, to play soccer with them. And I mean, your boy don't know how to play soccer whatsoever, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep this on a low. Your boy almost hit a kid when I kicked the soccer ball. And uh, man, I felt so bad. I was like, God, I, I, I'm sorry. You, you, you chose me to come here and, and almost kicked the kid in the face. You know, I, 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 I was not proud of that. You know, that, that's not a proud moment of me. But what is a proud moment of me is when the kids came out after um, we got done doing the things for them. They came out with a paper and a piece of pen. Wait, hold on, a piece of paper and a pen. Because you can't have a piece of pen, but I mean, you can if you break it down. But all right, I'm going to just start. I'm going to just, just stop. But came out with a piece of paper and a pen. They came up to me and they uh they asked for me to write my name. I was like, say less. Hey, your, your boy famous in Honduras. Hey, say less. Cause you know, I was the only big boy that was uh 
over there in there, you know, because like I did a little something to show off. I, I did like a couple of push-ups, but it was only 10 though, because I can't do no more. But um, but when they gave me that uh, piece of paper to write my name, right when I wrote the letter J on there, I just felt straight conviction. It was the fact that my name was not going to save them. For I didn't go on this mission trip to leave my name, but I came to leave the name of Jesus. For Jesus, his name can save. Jesus' name can save them. My name can't. I can't even save myself. I can't even save money. That's why your boy broke, but Jesus ain't broke. So I'd rather leave their name, I'd rather leave his name than mine, all right, if I'm, if I'm just being real. But at the end of the day, Jesus' name would save them, not mine. So if you could bow your heads and close your eyes before we... before we get into the prayer about your calling or the answer from God, what he wants you to do for the kingdom, let's pray about the, let's pray about the greater call for that he called you to. For your greatest call in your life is not what you do for him, but what you are to be. His child, his son, his daughter, and this is for everyone. For this isn't just for you to be reminded of, 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 of who you are to be, but also to those that need salvation. Because once you are saved, you don't just get a savior, you get a father. And not only do you get a father, but you get a family. Romans 10, 9, 11, this that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God has raised them from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who can trust him will never be put to shame. So for those that will love to give their lives for Jesus Christ, I would like for you to raise your hand in just a moment. For there are more people in in more categories that need prayer, such as those that are like the prodigal son who needs to come back home to the father. That you knew the way, that you knew Jesus, but still chose the path of sin, that you still chose the path of pride and selfishness. But now you're ready to turn away from the old and come back to the new, ready to turn back to Jesus. If that's you, I would like, to, I would like for you to raise your hand when I call it. But now to the last category, the ones who are religious without the relationship. The one who speaks law without love. That knows the Bible but doesn't know Jesus. If that's you, I would like for you to raise your hand for when I call it. So if any of these, if any, if any of these three categories correlate with you, the one who needs saving, the one who needs to come back home, or the one who knows the Bible and not Jesus. 
I want you to slip up your hand today. If that's you, if you relate to these three categories, that you either need saving or, the, or either that you need to come back home or either that you just need a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. God bless you. But because we're our family, we are all going to say this together. Can you repeat after me? Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done, all that I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Get up for those that gave their lives to Jesus. But before you leave, I, I, I do want to pray a uh, prayer. It's not going to be long, but I do want to pray a prayer for those that, uh, that have of had a relationship with God but just don't know what he has called you to do. But I think this prayer can just go for everybody. So once again, my fault. You bow your heads and close your eyes. Because Father God, as, as we come to you today, we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and for all that you are going to do for us. But Father God, as, as they grow closer with you, Father, as they grow closer in relationship with you, that Lord, that the calling and their purpose be revealed to them as they grow in you. But Lord, for those that just feel like they're, 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 they're nothing, that they're worthless. Father God, I ask that you remind them, Lord, of, of the thing that you did for them to save them. And also remind them of the title of who they are to you. For that they are sons and daughters of you. And Lord, not only that, I speak a blessing over everyone today, Father God, that Lord, that they will hear your word but not just hear it, but also apply it to their lives. Ask that, Father God, as they go out into the world, that, Lord, that it will be reminded that you are with them and that you give them strength. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you do and all that you are going to do.